You play pickleball, you take care of yourself. Health IQ thinks you should be rewarded. They built their business on saving money for people who live an active lifestyle. Go to healthiq.com slash pickleball and find out how much they can save you. That's healthiq.com slash pickleball. See how much Health IQ can save you. Thank you so much for joining us on Pickleball Radio. My name is Chris Allen. I'm in Asheville, North Carolina, up in Madison, Wisconsin, is one of the game's very best players. He is national and U.S. Open champion Dave Weinbach. We're going to talk strategy today. Dave teaches clinics across the country, and he has kindly agreed to reveal some of his secrets, both from the clinics and from his own playbook, to help us be better pickleball players. Dave, thank you so much. Welcome to Pickleball Radio. Chris, great to be here. What would you say is like the the Dave Weinbach style? You know, I would say consistency and patience would probably be the best way to define my game. You know, I was taught to utilize the soft game to set up the kill shot. Mm-hmm. So I'm a very patient player. When you learn the game, dinking and hitting third shot drops against guys like Pat Kane, who can lean in and almost touch the net with his paddle, you better have a good third shot drop and have a pretty uh, good, consistent, unattackable dink to play this game. And that's how I learned to play the game is use the soft game to set up the opportunity for the kill shot. That's a great word. I love that unattackable dink because there are so many of them when I think there's nothing they can do with that, but they find a way it, It's you know, that I'm eating it. It comes right back at me. What's, I guess, your definition of unattackable? Is, is it just hitting up on the ball, forcing them to hit up on the ball? Yeah, you know, the, the way I teach it in my clinics is I use that phrase, those dinks need to be unattackable. In other words, I want to be, the t- my partner and I want to be the team that hits the descending shot. I always want to make my opponents have to lift. Mm-hmm. So if the opponent has to lift the ball, then they can't attack it. I always want to make my opponent have to lift it. If they have to lift it and hit it a little bit too hard or a little bit too high, then I'm able to hit a descending blow and attack that ball. And that's the kill shot you're looking for. And the key to yep. the key to the, the the unattackable dink is just that it's barely over the net and it's soft, it's low and soft over the net? Well, not necessarily low, Chris, because one of the things I talk about a lot in our clinics as we go around the country and, and try to share the pickleball love is I see too many people both on their third shot drop and they're dinking is they're aiming just a ball or a ball and a half over the net. Mm-hmm. And the question I say in my clinics is what inevitably is going to happen if you aim your dinks very low, just a ball over the net, you're going to go into the net. You're going to hit the net. Yeah. And that violates the number one rule of pickleball. And that is respect the net. And we'll sing it in our clinics. R E S P E C T P H E. N-E-T. I'll have everybody sing it uh-huh. because I want them, I want that to really stick with people to respect the net. So I actually teach where I want folks to dink it a good foot to foot and a half over the net because one of the questions I'll, I'll say to people in, in, in the clinic is what happens to a pickleball when it loses its speed? It comes straight down. So you don't need to aim the ball just a ball over the net. You can give it a little bit 
what I call margin for error. Mm-hmm. You can go a little bit higher over the net than you think because we have to avoid those net errors. And it's the same thing in how we talk about the third shot drop. I don't want people to aim, you know, two or three balls over the net. Give yourself some margin for error. But then you think... A pickleball, when it loses its speed, will come straight down. But a lot of times you'll think too, but if I'm too high over the net, then it's going to have too much of a bounce and you know, they're going to be able to do something because it's going to bounce too high. On the third shot drops, we don't want to you know, start it too high. So you're right. There's a balance there that you have to find. So you're thinking like between, because you mentioned not three balls, but maybe like four or five or four to six or right in there. Yeah. On the third shot drop, I, I want to start that ball, you know, a good three feet over the net. And I want the apex to be on my side of the net. So the apex, meaning the highest point that that ball travels is still on your side of the net that you're hitting from. It's the O'Brien and Matt Staub video from Pickleball Channel where it's descending into the kitchen when it goes over the net. Exactly. And I watch that and they do a tremendous job of teaching that. Yeah, that is the the one thing that was the light bulb moment for me when I first started playing when I saw that video. It is. And when you can when you can uh, see that on on video and you can visualize that shot, it's very, very powerful when when a when a student can actually see that. And, you know, I, I tell people, if you do miss that shot, that third shot drop or even a dink, Better to miss it too high or long than in the net. I tell my partners, if you hit it a little too high or a little too long and people rip it at me, I can still get it back. But if you hit it in the net, I can't help you. More from Dave Weinbach after this. It's Pickleball Radio. The U.S. Open Pro Division awards 48 medals. This year, 21 of those went to pros using an Engage paddle. To really get what makes Engage the best, you need to walk onto the court with one. Go to EngagePB.com and try any paddle risk-free for 30 days. You're guaranteed to play with more power and more control than you've ever experienced before. Or simply return it for a full refund. Engage will even cover the shipping. Play better, have more fun, and take your place on the medal stand go to engagepb.com pickleball radio back with dave weinbach let's get right into dinking here sure you know when when we actually start our clinics i start everybody on the kitchen line so i start with dinking and the importance of using dinking and the soft game to set up the opportunity for the kill shot so when we talk about dinking We really want to have people all the way up to that kitchen line, Chris, and not only all the way up to the line, but leaning forward, leaning in towards the net. Because when you do that, it puts added pressure on your opponent to have to hit a really good dink. And if you're leaning in and your opponent hits a dink that's a little bit too high or floats just a ball too high, it's much more easier to attack that ball if you're leaning in on the balls of your feet. That's the first thing is positioning. Secondly, we always want uh, our students to make contact with the ball in front of their body. So we call it the impact zone. We always want the players to hit the ball and make contact in front of their body. We don't want to let a ball get even to the side of our body and never behind us. We always want to get the ball in front front of our body. A common phrase that I like to use in the game is good things happen 
when you get the ball in front of you. Bad things happen. <laughs> the ball gets behind you. When you were talking about uh, leaning forward at the at the non volley zone line, I could hear people listening to that and and they're thinking, well, if I see somebody obviously leaning forward, you know, hungry for this little dink that I'm gonna you know feed them, I'm just gonna lob them. I'm gonna because their their weight's already leaning forward. They're not gonna be able to catch my lob if I uh, you know put it over their heads. What's uh, what's the best? I guess, way to defend against that. And that's exactly how you should teach it. When you do see someone leaning in a lot, like after you've had a dink or two and you see that person leaning in, that is when you do want to execute a lob shot because all their weight is going forward. Mm-hmm. And my advice to, to folks that, because I get that question a lot is, what do you do when people lob you? And the first thing I try to teach is, to take the lob out of the air if you can. We okay. don't want to let that ball bounce behind us if you can. Once it bounces, then you lost the advantage you had in that specific point. If you can't take the ball out of the air and it does happen to bounce on a very effective, let's say, deep lob, then what I like to see people do, which is what hardly ever happens, <laughs> is most people get back there. Most people get back there, Chris and they just rip a ground stroke or they'll lob it back. Mm -hmm. What I try to have people do is, and it's not the easiest shot, it takes practice, but run that lob down and then hit a drop shot into the kitchen, and that allows you and your partner to come back from the baseline to get all the way back up to the non-volley zone line where you have to be to play winning pickleball. Right. So that's what I try to teach is if it does bounce and you can't take that lob out of the air, I like to see people get back there and drop that shot into the kitchen and then work your way back to the kitchen line where you have to be. So really only two options. If you can take it in the air, go ahead and smash it. If you can't take it in the air and you have to let it bounce, the only option is really a drop shot. I think that's the most effective way to do it because that shot allows you and your partner to get from the baseline back to the kitchen line where you have to be to play winning pickleball. Well, here's the thing that I struggle with and it's sort of the love-hate relationship that I have with drilling. I feel like that two-thirds of the mistakes that I make aren't technical mistakes in terms of I meant to hit this over the net and it went into the net. Two thirds of my mistakes are shot selection mistakes. And sometimes I feel like with drilling, I feel like, well, okay, great. Now I can hit the wrong shot really well. You know what I mean? Yep. It's not that I, you know, a third of the time, yeah, it is that it was, it was the time to hit a third shot drop and I missed it. But two thirds of the time it's, I hit hard on the ball when I should have been hitting soft. I hit soft when I should have been hitting hard. That's part of the education of a pickleball player is understanding the risk reward of every shot. One of the phrases that we try to teach early on is, We want to be the team that hits the descending blow. We want to make our opponents always have to lift the ball. You see, so many people out there, whether it's their dink or a third shot drop, is they start that ball or they aim that ball, just a ball or a ball and a half over the net. Mm -hmm. And 
you've got to give yourself some more margin for error. You don't need to aim the ball, just a ball over the net. Cause if you aim just a ball over the net, what inevitably is going to happen a lot is you're going to make net errors. Yeah. And that violates the number one rule of pickleball. And that is respect, respect the net. net. R E S E C T E N E T. Respect the net. We have people singing that in our clinics. Give yourself some more margin for error over the net on your dinks and on your third shot drops. Because remember, when a pickleball loses its speed, what does it do? Chris, it comes straight down. Mm-hmm. Remember, I asked uh, Matt Staub in a previous episode, I said, you know, watching his videos, it seems like his drop shots seem to be higher than what I see most people hitting. And I said, is that a trick of the camera or is that, would you say that that's true? And he said, oh, I'd absolutely say it was true. Um, that he he wants to build in that cushion and he would rather make sure that it absolutely goes over and then he'll deal with it if it, you know, if it comes back um, rather than hit it into the net. Absolutely. That's a philosophy that I'm a huge believer in. I, I want people to start those third shot drops, you know, a good three to five feet over the net. I'll tell my partners, if you hit it a little too high and someone rips it at me, I still have a good chance to get it back. If you hit it in the net, I cannot help you. It's all about consistency. And if you watch some of the best players in the country in terms of uh, who have the best third shot drops, watch the clearance that they get with that ball over the net. They mm-hmm. give themselves what I call margin for error, mm-hmm. and they give it some more room. And we spend a lot of time teaching that in our clinics because the error that you can't make is in the net. You must respect the net. I think some people, myself included, maybe we're trying to pick apart the shot too much. I mean, yeah, that's obviously way too high, but a lot of us are standing there, you know, just really wanting to dissect this shot like, ooh, is it, is it, you know, six inches too high or is it this? And by then, by the time we've figured it out, the advantage or, you know, the opportunity to move up is already gone. You know, oh yeah, that was a pretty good one. I, okay, I could have moved in on that, but now I got to stay back anyway because, you know, because the time. And that comes with experience. It comes with experience, Chris, the recognition. You have to recognize pretty early on in that third ball, is it good enough to come in on? Because if it is, you've got to get all the way to the non-volley zone. I don't like to teach where you only get halfway. I never want to be halfway to the kitchen line. So you're either at the baseline or you're at the non-volley zone line. Either way, there's a line in front of your feet. Exactly. If you get if you get stuck in what we call no man's land or this transition area, mm-hmm. uh, A, you've opened up angles for your opponent. B, they can hit it down at your feet. And C, it makes your shot into the kitchen much harder if you're in that transition area than if you are all the way to the uh, non-volley zone line. So I don't like to see people get stuck in that transition area or that no man's land area. If it's a good enough third shot, get all the way to the kitchen line. So you're either you're either going all the way or you're not going at all. Yes, I don't want to get stuck in that transition area because only bad things can happen when you're in that spot. Okay. They can hit it at your feet. They have angles where they can go down the middle mm-hmm. or angle it off to the side. And it's a very hard shot from that middle zone, you know, that transition zone to get in the ball into the uh, kitchen. 
yeah. of your opponent. So that's a really tough area to be in. Now, for the 5-0 players, most 5-0 players have that shot. They can deaden that ball mm-hmm. from that transition area into the kitchen and then come all the way in. But, you know, that's only for the, the real elite players that can do that. I don't teach that. I want the players to get all the way to that kitchen line. So you're not taking two shots to get to the kitchen. You're either getting there in one or you're still going to stay back in the baseline. Correct. Game-changing advice from Dave Weinbach. More to come after this. It's Pickleball Radio. Health IQ uses science and data to secure lower rates on life insurance for health-conscious people, including runners, cyclists, strength trainers, vegans, and pickleball players. In fact, over half of Health IQ customers save between 4 and 33% on their life insurance. Just as good drivers save money on their car insurance, people who live an active lifestyle should save money on their life insurance. Go to healthiq.com pickleball and see if you qualify. That's healthiq.com pickleball. You'll find a link in the show notes, healthiq.com pickleball. See how much Health IQ can save you. When you're up at the line, when are the times that you will come off the line? When will you move back? <laughs> One of my uh, phrases, and I laugh because I use this uh, a lot in, uh, in the clinics, is in pickleball, good things happen when you move forward. Bad stuff happens <laughs> when you go backwards. Uh-huh. When you go backwards, Chris, other than chasing down a lob, I never, ever want to go backwards the, the way i teach it is three really bad things happen when you go backwards in pickleball number one it opens up angles for your opponent mm-hmm. number two it allows your opponent to drive the ball down at your feet which make it very very difficult for you to hit a unattackable ball back to them and the third thing is when you go backwards it, it puts your partner in a very awkward spot because they're thinking, well, do I stay at the kitchen line or do I move back? So I really, really urge people to stay up at the kitchen line and don't go backwards very much in pickleball. Bad things happen in racket sports, whether it's tennis, table tennis, racquetball. You want your weight going forward at impact. Don't want to move backwards in racket sports. Bad things happen when you go back. (laughs) Dave, thank you so much for sharing so many great tips with us here on Pickleball Radio. My pleasure, and uh, thanks for having me, Chris. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if one day you see Dave Weinbach inducted into the Pickleball Hall of Fame. Wanted to remind you that uh, nominations for this year's class of Pickleball Hall of Fame inductees, those nominations can be presented until April the 1st. We have linked to the uh, nomination form in the show notes, you can click over there and make your nomination if you know of somebody who you think should take their rightful place in the Pickleball Hall of Fame. You have until April 1st to nominate them. They'll announce them at U.S. Open, and then uh, the induction will take place at Nationals in Indian Wells. Thank you so much for joining us. Pickleballnews.com is the free e-newsletter you should be getting. Go to pickleballnews.com. Make sure you're on that email list. I'm Chris Allen. This is Pickleball Radio.